Jennifer. And a big thank you um, to Maida. Wow, I, uh, I feel like we should just do the doxology and blessing because that was such a, a, a great story of God being with you in the middle of nowhere. So thank you for sharing that. That was so, so good. And, and uh, it'll go along uh, with my thoughts that, that I'm going to make very brief this morning. And it's basically today we're going to talk about how to get through a difficult season, what we need to get through a difficult season. You can uh, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. We're just going to look at those verses for a moment today. But I don't know about you, but it seemed like we decorated for Christmas a little earlier this year than in years past. It seems like when I drove down streets, there were more Christmas lights. How many of you um, set up your Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving? Oh, okay, there's a, there's a lot of hands. Leslie's waving, if, if you were wondering what we did. Uh, online, let us know if, if you set up before, just right before, if you set up after Thanksgiving, right after Thanksgiving. How many after Thanksgiving? How many civilized people? Okay, good, good, good. There's no right, there's, there's no wrong, but there is a lot of good traditions. The tradition in our house is uh, the nativity scene, putting up the nativity scene. And we put that up every year. It's kind of a big moment, uh, you know, obviously decorating the tree and the ornaments and everything is fun, but the nativity scene is the center of Christmas. And so we pack that away every year. It's very special to us because it was a gift from my mom and dad for Leslie's and my first Christmas together. My dad even built the barn that, that houses the nativity set. So it's a very special thing, and it's always packed away very carefully. And, and so each year we would open it up, and you'd pull out one of the wrapped figurines. And, and the boys always wanted to put baby Jesus into the nativity set. Like, that was the big deal. Whoever got to put baby Jesus in the nativity set, that was the most exciting thing. But our family of five just took turns taking it out, and whoever got baby Jesus got baby Jesus. But you can imagine um, the fights, the tears. That's just between Leslie and me, not even the boy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know what never happened? No one ever fought about who got to put Joseph in the nativity. In fact, with uh, our particular nativity set, you can't really distinguish Joseph from one of the shepherds. We have to like, okay, is this Joseph, do you think? I'm not sure. You know, we have to figure out which one is Joseph. And baby Jesus is the star of Christmas, right? And, and then Mary gets some really good lines, the wise men, the shepherds. But Joseph, he's kind of the background guy. And so I want to read Matthew chapter 1, just a few verses today, and look at Joseph and, and see what we can learn from his life, because the Christmas story is told from Joseph's perspective in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and they gave him the name Jesus. I want you to notice something about Joseph in this story, and really throughout the Gospels. What's interesting about Joseph is that he, he doesn't say a word. He doesn't have one line, whether it be at the birth of Jesus, or Jesus as a young man, or even throughout Jesus' life, he never speaks a word. He just lives a life of quiet obedience. He listened to God and obeyed, and I want to say this this morning that sometimes we need to get quiet to hear the voice of God. In a noisy and difficult world, we need to get quiet to hear his voice. I know 2020 has been a difficult year. We don't even have to mention it, and yet we do often. And even though it's been a, a, a tough year on every single level, what we're facing today was nothing like what Joseph was facing back then. The things that he and Mary had to endure, that was truly difficult. And so what do we learn from his life? I'm just going to give you three things very quickly, and they're from God's Word, from the life of Joseph. Three things that I want you to take this Christmas and apply to your life. This is how you make it through a difficult season. Joseph was a man of mercy. That's the first thing. Mercy. The Bible calls Joseph a just man. He was just. And so today in our language, we would call him a rule follower. Anybody a rule follower? You know that person that just does everything that they're told to do. That you have to do. It's black and white. You have to follow the rules. And that was Joseph, whether it be with God or the government, he's like, no, it's a rule. I'm a rule follower. Even going to Bethlehem, the government says we've got to go there to be registered, so we're going to go there. Even though it's, it's inconvenient, even though it's difficult, I'm going, to, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. But our scripture today says that he was faithful to the law. And we see throughout Joseph's life, it says that was as his custom, that he was accustomed to following God's law. He got Jesus to the temple on the eighth day to be circumcised. He, he brought Jesus to the temple when he was 12 years old. Everything he did throughout his life was to follow God's law, to follow tradition, to keep in step with God's law. And while he is a man of justice, and he knew that Mary needed to be punished for what she had done, he was also a man of mercy. Because yes, justice needed to be served, but you know what? I don't want to hurt her. And so we see mercy starting to flow through this man. And so he's going to shield her from the punishment. He is going to handle everything quietly and mercifully because that's who he is. Joseph's a lot like God, isn't he? God's a God of mercy. 
In John 3.17, right after John 3.16, probably the most popular verse in the Bible, right? For God so loved the world. In John 3.17, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus didn't come into the world cracking the whip of justice and, 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 and really just kind of setting everything right. No, he came in and he was... Uh, a man of mercy. He was a friend of sinners. He was there for the vulnerable, the weak, those going through difficult times. And I want to tell you, Jesus is the same today. That when we go through difficult times, he is still with us. He's still a God of mercy. It says in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. He is Jesus. He is Emmanuel, which means God with us. We read that this morning. He is a God of mercy. He is a God who loves us. He is a God who is with us. He is the God of mercy. And I think it's important that you and I embrace mercy today because when you go through a difficult time or a difficult season, as we're going through, it's very easy to get judgmental. It's very easy to get judgy when you're going through a difficult time. And you have an opinion about this and that and the other thing, and it's easy to judge. I am Mayor McJudgey sometimes, right? I mean, I just, you know, it's so easy to judge other people, but I'm just going to tell you don't because it doesn't help. It doesn't work. We need to, to be like Joseph, but really we need to be like Jesus, and Jesus was a God of mercy. May we be known for our mercy. The second quality is trust, and we'll move quickly through these last two, trust. This is important because Joseph had a plan. In fact, his first plan, plan A, wasn't working, and so now he's moving to plan B, and, and so it's just one of those things where Joseph has tried to make all these plans, and, and God steps in and says, no, I've got a new plan for you. I know you're making your plans, but I've got a new plan for you, and God shows up through the angel in a dream, and he speaks to Joseph, and he says, okay, Joseph, this is what's happening, and this is what I'd like you to do. I don't know about you. That might be hard for me to believe if an angel showed up in the dream and told me all those things, but you know what Joseph did is he trusted God, and he obeyed God. See, we're called to a life of faith. That's all God ever wants is for us to trust him and to obey him, and so there's going to be a line on the screen. I'd like you to write it down, and that's this, that our good plans may not be God's best plans. Our good plans may not be God's best plans. This isn't what Joseph had planned on, and yet God was still at work in the difficult season of his life. Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. I want to tell you that God will lead you during difficult times. He will speak to you during difficult times. Sometimes we need to be quiet. Sometimes we need to, to listen and obey. We may not understand everything going on. We may not like everything going on. And we may have a lot of questions like why, and that's okay because all the Bible characters had the same questions. You know, Moses and David and Job, God, why are you doing this? And, and listen, he's God and you're not. And you know what your call is? Your call is to live by faith. That if God says it in his word, that's what I do. If God speaks it to my life, that's what I do. I live a life of faith. Because it says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, for my thoughts 
are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You're called to live a life of trust, a life of faith. The third quality we see in Joseph is this, it's humility. Humility. What I find interesting about Joseph, this quiet man, is that he just accepts God's call on his life, and he says, okay, I will love Mary, and I will bring her home with me, and I will raise Jesus. And, and, and then on the night that Jesus is born, he can't even provide a place for them. And so he has to accept a stable. We see Joseph humble at every stage of his life, and, and it's okay, God, I'll, I'll accept the stable you give me because we may receive things from God, and we thought we'd get bigger things, but we get, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get exactly what you need. God's going to be there. Just be humble and just receive. Joseph worked as a carpenter his entire life to provide for his family. He fled to a foreign nation and probably had to, to just scrap around to make it, but, but he provided for his family. He was a quiet, humble, honest man. So what do we do during difficult season when things aren't going as we planned, when we, when we feel like we're about to lose it? Let me tell you what you're called to do. You're called to live your calling. So if you are married, you are called to love your spouse. If you have children, you're called to love your children and serve your children and provide for your children, provide for your spouse, your children. When you go to work with the, the job that God has given you and wherever you're working, God has given you that job, you go there and you work as unto the Lord. And if you don't have a job, pray that God will provide that job and open doors and, and wherever you're at home or school, work, life, wherever you go, just okay, whatever I'm called to do, I will do it humbly. Because when we serve humbly, that's when God honors us. Don't be afraid to be humble. Don't be afraid to take on humble things because God will take care of you through those humble circumstances. In fact, it says in 1 Peter 5, 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You will never make it being proud. Because you'll be an enemy of God. We have to humble ourselves before the Lord. We have to trust him. We, 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 just, we have to live lives of mercy. We have to do these things. And when I look at his life, I, I look at Joseph and I just think he did all of this without saying a word. Without posting one thing on Facebook. You know, he... he he just lived a quiet, humble, honest life. A life that trusted God and obeyed Him. And, and they'll be on the screen just one more time, the three words that, that we need in our life in a difficult time. We need to live lives of mercy, of trust, of humility. And I want to tell you, God will take care of all the rest. 2020 has been a difficult year. I, I understand that. And, and sometimes... We talk too much during difficult times. We post too much during difficult times. And we need to be quiet during difficult times. Because God's got you. He's going to take good care of you. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and your hearts with me today so that we can 
Just be quiet here for a few moments. I know we've gone long this morning, but thank you for your mercy with me. And we'll go in just a moment. I'm just going to ask you just to be quiet for, for one minute to listen to the voice of God or just begin to meditate on the word that has been given today. And maybe it was something in worship or communion or something that made us said or that was just preached, but just listen to the voice of God so that you can obey, so that you can live by faith. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask that in this quiet moment of a difficult year, we would hear your voice. Lord, it's so rare that we find moments this quiet in our life. But God, we know that you are speaking. We know that you've spoken to us today. We know that you are taking good care of us. I pray that we would just live lives of humility of faith, of mercy, that we live lives of obedience and love. We live lives by faith. And Lord, that we would accept everything that you bring our way. And sometimes it's not a king-sized bed, it's just a manger. But God, you provided it. And it was exactly what we needed. We just have faith that you're going to take care of us the rest of this year into 2021 and really for all of eternity because you are Emmanuel, God with us. And so may we talk less and listen more. May we be more like Joseph. But Jesus, we just really want to be more like you. So make us men and women of great faith this season. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.